Okay. <coughs> it's not COVID. It's just from talking all day. Um, I hope not. Seriously. Um, so we're starting the third parak of Brachis. So the Masechta follows the following pattern. The first parak deals with when you read Kriyashma. The second parak dealt with how you read Kriyashma. The third parak deals with who doesn't read Kriyashma. And like we said, we already started the segue into the sugya. We already started the segue. The last Mishnah, the second to last Mishnah in the last parak was that a chosen is pata from Kriyashma, which is mamish, the connection to our Mishnah here. And that's how we get into the topic of the third parak. The topic of the third parak is who is Potter from Kriyashma. We'll see, we'll go through several categories. Start with an Oyinein. Then the next category will be Nashim Avadim Tatanim. The next category will be Valkari. And then we'll move on to, to unclean places. And, uh, and that will be the end of the parak. So says the Mishnah. Says the Mishnah. If a person may say his possessive dead relative is placed in front of him. So if a person has a relative that's in front of him is potter me kriyashma. He's potter from kriyashma. Now, the Bach takes out the next word, not because it's not true. He's also potter from tefillah. It's just in the wrong list. We'll see why later. Umenatfila, so it's true. Umenatfilin, umikol mitzvahs hamurais b'tayra. A a person is potter. A person who's an einen is potter. Mikol mitzvahs hamurais b'tayra. Now, it's as good a time as any. Let's just talk about the reason for this now. Teeny bit alumnus, and then we'll move on. If you look in Rashi, the first Rashi in the parak, Rashi says he's potter He's potter because he's very fatracht. He's preoccupied. He can't concentrate. It's impossible to have concentration on Kriyashma because he's thinking about the task at hand that he has to deal with the levaya of his relative. Just like a chasen is potter. Now, if you look in the second bottom Rashi on the page, Rashi says, Rashi learns that the p'tur of this parak, Rashi learns that the p'tur of an oinen is because he can't concentrate but it's voluntary. He doesn't need to. It's an exemption. It's not an iser. Rashi learns that the reason that the iser we're talking about here, the halach we're talking about here, is that he doesn't have to daven or say kriyashma. Tesis, if you look in the bottom tesis of the page, brings this Rashi. He doesn't have to. But it's Masha Shem Rotzalavarach Rishai. Miu Biushalmi Kamar, Yushalmi says, Im Rotzalahachmer ain't shaymin lay. 
No, no, no. You're not allowed to. To Machleikis Rashi Taisvis, if the Isser for an Oinein to do mitzvahs is an exemption or a prohibition, a Pitur or an Isser. Rashi said it's a Pitur. Taisus from Yushalmi learns it's an Isser. Now, why? Continues Taisus. It's an affront to the dead relative. So Rashi and Taisus have a machlekes practically, which comes from a machlekes philosophically. Rashi says, the pitur of an einen is just that. It's a pitur. It's an exemption. You know why? Because what's the reason for this halacha? The reason for this halacha is an inability to concentrate. So we're saying, listen, you're off the hook. You have an exemption. But since that's where Rashi's coming from, that's an exemption, of course Rashi can limit it only at an exemption. I can't tell you you can't do it. You're exempt. You're exempt. You can't have concentration. So you're exempt. If you want to do it, by all means. Tysus is coming from a different angle. Tysus is coming. This is what you do. You, you, just, you just leave your dead body. You leave your relative. And, and, you, and you like, you, you're busy with your tefillin. You're busy with your mitzvahs. Don't you have any consideration for your mace? Like Larosh? So therefore, Tysus, who views it as an affront, you're doing something wrong. Therefore, Tysus, don't you, you're just exempt Taisus says, it's us for you to do it. So Rashi and Taisus' reason came to a difference in halacha. Rashi is coming from an exemption, says you're exempt. Taisus says you're doing something wrong, says you're not allowed to. So Taisus by the chasen wouldn't say it's not Right, true. right, by the ch- exactly. Rashi learns this is mamish continuation. Chasen and Taisus learns it's similar, but it's a new din. The halacha is like Taisus. The halacha is like Taisus. The Shulchan Aruch paskins that an oinen is usser, that an oinen is usser to do mitzvahs. An oinen is usser to bench, an oinen is usser to wash, an oinen is usser to daven, an oinen is usser to wear tefillin, an oinen is usser to say kriyashma, etc., etc., etc. And just to take it one step further, how far the halacha goes down Taisus' lane and not like Rashi. Let's say a guy, Le'elenu, is an Oynein. So he hears that his relative dies at night. He wakes up Monday morning, says Krishma, either, whoops, forgot, or he says, you know, I don't care, I want to say Krishma. And then they go to the Leviah, he buries his relative, it's still 9.30 in the morning, he's no longer an Oynein. Now, does he read Kriyashma again? He read Kriyashma. Rashi would tell you, listen, you were a potter, but you did it, so you're Yodse. Taisus would tell you, no, you did an Isser. How, Asser? Says the Mishvuru, you must, not, not Yuchashram, a person must read again. A person who reads Kriyashma while he's an Einein, a person who does a mitzvah while he's an Einein, the mitzvah doesn't count because Taisus is so right. The Mishaburah, the halacha, is so in Taisus's column that it's like you didn't do it at all. You were usher to do it, and not only did you violate an isser, you didn't do it. It is such a disgusting act of not caring about 
your relative that died, it doesn't even count that you did it. That's how deep the halacha goes, like Tysus. Something along the because mitzvah baba ver doesn't mean you you can't do it again, and we only say mitzvah baba ver by a chefza. Right, right, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry for getting ahead of ourselves. We'll yeah, we'll talk about everything. That, I'm saying collapse. Yeah, and Ainin is Kolzman, He's still busy with the maze. Now, I wouldn't use the word buried because if a person is misalik himself from the maze, he's not an Ainin anymore. Which means, like, you know, classic case. Let's say they're flying the Nifter Teretz Yisrael. So some of the brothers are going, some of the brothers aren't. Some of the children aren't. So they, the people that are in America, that stay here, start sitting Shiva, then they're not owning them anymore. The people that are going to Teretz Yisrael are still owning them for, you know, maybe another day. I think at one point, in the first Rashi, they ran that sentencing that the case of covered. The case of our Mishnah makes them with both of them like the Chassin case. So that Gemara that in the previous prayer concluded that if you're, the, if you're an Abel, you're already sitting Shiva, you're Chayim and Shema, because that was sure that the Shush. Yeah. But if you're like on the way to be an Abel, it's a very it's a whole different category. Yes, be, yes, because, because, good point, because when a person, and then we have to finesse that point why an Abel isn't a mitzvah. And sitting Shiva is a mitzvah, being sad is not a mitzvah, that's personal. Mashenkin, here, you have real stuff you need to do. You really need to bury the person. You really need to arrange a levaya. That's real stuff. That's not just your personal emotions. So that, that case, the left over there, like, we go and talk to the it's not just that one unique case. It's, any, it's really like many, many cases? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This would be another case of worrying about a future mitzvah. Yes, correct. The mole is on driving to do a bris and he's in traffic. He's nervous, so he's put the from Like, I mean, any, any example? Hopefully he's not too nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We thought it was the only case. You're definitely right. It's this case. I don't know if I'll go as far as your example because there he's nervous about getting. There's not nervous about the performance of the mitzvah. I don't want to agree with Ben, but yeah. Says the Mishnah. Misha may say mutal of a person whose dead relative is in place in front of him. Those that are carrying the coffin, and their replacements. Remember, it's a Yiddish minig to have a base akvaris outside the city. So before they invented a hearse, it was a hard job. So they used to have replacements and replacements and replacements because people couldn't do this for five miles. And the replacements, replacements, they can be divided into two categories. Those that are before the coffin, meaning they have not yet carried the coffin. And those that have already carried the coffin. Those that have not yet carried the coffin, blanket p'tur. Tzarech ban p'turim, whether or not they need them, they're potter, you're automatically potter. The hamita, those that have already carried the nifter, even if they're going to be needed again, there's just not enough people to go around. You're going to have to take another turn. Tzarech ben chayoven. Even if they need them, you are still chay, you're still chayev because once a person has fulfilled his mitzvah of levayas hames, he's no longer anxious. So 
if he's carrying the the Arid, then he's actually doing something. But if he already carried it and he's not carrying it now, he doesn't fit into either column. He doesn't fit into either category. He's not doing a mitzvah. He's not nervous about doing a mitzvah. So therefore, Sorry, he's chayv. Did you just switch? Did this switch categories on us? Because you start off saying the Misha, the Misha Mason with the Lafana Mason, right? It's his Mason. Is it talking about only family members? Well, well, yeah, that'll be the first two sugars to Gemara. Yes. Because anxiety, it's more Rashi's reason. Yes, that's you're 100% correct. I, I said, I, what I said now is just a Rashi in English. I was like catching this morning how Tysus would say that. I'm not 100% sure. But you're, right, but you're, your mom is correct. I was quoting a Rashi. I don't know how Tysus would do that. Elu um, ve'elu, but even those, this is why the Bach took it out before, even those that have carried the Aaron and are no longer anxious are still Peturim and Hatfilah. Because tefillah is only derabbanon, which a lot of people don't like, but that's that's what Rashi says. Kavrus hameis v'chazru. Once the relatives have buried their relative, once the family has buried the relative, now they're coming back from the coffin to where the people are in the Beis Hakvaris. Guess what? They're no longer oinenim. So, boom! They're now chayiv in kriyashma. But they're going to have to meet the people right away. So do they say Kriyashma first? Do they go back to meet the people? Well, somewhere says, well, im yechoylim, if they can, lahascha v'ligmar, begin and complete, before they reach the shura that the Menachemim form, that at the Besakvaris, we form a line to let the Avelim walk through the line, and we tell them hamakim yinachim eschem. So if there's enough room between the, the burial spot and the line, they should say kriyashma v'imlav la yeschilu. And if not, they shouldn't stop. They shouldn't start. How about those? How about those that are on the line being menachem avo? Ha'imdim b'shura, those standing on the line. Ha'penimiyim. The inside track, meaning those facing directly via Velim, are Peturim. They're Pater because they are Isaac B'mitzah. How would the Avel feel if when he passes one of them, they don't say, they busy say, like, that's not nice, so don't say Kriyashma now. They shouldn't say Kriyashma, they should be Menachem Avel. Vachitzainim, those like in the outside rows who are not directly facing the Avelim, no one notices what they're doing anyway, so they could say whatever they want. <coughs> okay. So there are two diyukim in the Mishnah that the Gemara focuses on right away. It takes the second one first. The first one is Yerdiyuk, Misha Meisai, his relative, and the other one is Mutal Lefanov. So the Gemara is Medayik, Mutal of in, it's mashma that the Ptur, the whole din of Oinein, is only, the whole din of Oinein is only when the mace is physically in front of the relatives. Mutal of in, Vishayna Mutal of Loi. 
But if the relative is not physically in front of his relatives, then there is no din aynein. There is no din aynein. Now, Viramini. Let me ask you a steer. Now I'm going to quote a lengthy brisa, and then we'll get back to the din. Misha Mesamutalafanov. If a person has a dead relative, preferably Eichel Babayasacher, he should eat in another house. You know, it's just unsightly that his relative, dead relative, is sitting there and he's pressing pizza. Vim Ainle Bayasacher. Let's say a person does not zeichet to have two houses. What should he do? Eat in a friend's house. You know, if there's a mace in the house, go to the neighbors to eat. If he has no friends, or if his friends don't have houses, build a mechitza. It doesn't have to be professional. You can put some chairs and a, and a cover and a drape. Build a mechitza between where the person is eating and the dead relative. If he doesn't have materials to construct the mechitza, then then he should turn around and eat, at least show some deference to the dead relative. You're not, even, you're not facing him when you're eating. Now, some rules about eating. You can't relax, you can't you know, lean and eat. And oinen is usher in meat and wine. This is not true for an ovel. An oinen cannot eat meat or wine. An ovel can. Now, here's what we're interested in. He doesn't make bracha mezamin, And he can't make the mezamin. He can't say, Rabbi Simevil and Benshin. And we do not bench for him. And we cannot include him in a mezumen. And he's potter from all mitzvahs. Now before we continue with the brysa, we're in the middle of a brysa, we already have what we need for our kasha. It just said all the p'turim. No brachas, no kriyashman, no washing, no benching, no tefillah, no tefillah, no nothing even though you go to your other house, even though you go to your friend's house, even though you built a machitza, which is like another house. So we see clearly from this b'risa that the peturim for an oinen are even when he's not physically in front of his dead relative. So the diak from our Mishnah is shiver from this b'risa. But we're still in the middle of a b'risa. Let's continue reading it. Ube Shabbos, and on Shabbos, no din einen applies on Shabbos. Why? Not because of Kedusha Shabbos. Not because of Menucha. Not because of Eineg. Very simple. And Einein is only potter from mitzvahs because he has a job to do. But on Shabbos he can't bury, he can't carry, he can't dig, he can't make hespedim. So there's absolutely nothing for the Einen to do on Shabbos so he could stop worrying about his Leviah and he could have Shabbos. So the reason why the Din Einen doesn't apply on Shabbos is not anything mitzad Shabbos per se, it's just that he can't do his, his jobs anymore. Therefore, B'Shabbos, he could lean and eat meat, and drink wine, 
umevarech and he has to make hamaytzi wash umezamen and he can make the mezumen umevarech and olav and we could bench with him count him in mezumen umezamen olav say the mezumen for him v'chayiv v'chol mitzvah hamura is b'tayra and on Shabbos and Einin is chayiv in everything. Rav Shimon Gamliel says not only is he chayiv in everything, he's chayiv in everything. Rav Shimon Gamliel ever mitaychshen is chayiv be'elu. Since he's chayiv in all mitzvahs, he's chayiv be'kulon. He's chayiv in everything. Says Gemara. What did you just add? V'omer Rabbi Yochanan Ma'binayhu. What's the difference? What did Rav Shimon Gamliel add to the Tanakama? Tash mishamitei kebeinayhu. Devarim shebetzina. The Tanakama holds, yes, you have to keep Shabbos publicly. Privately, you remember you're an Einin. Don't, don't be doing anything privately. No Dvarim Shabbatsin and no Tash Mishamita. Rosh Gamliel says, hey, that's not fair. Shabbos is Shabbos. It's a total suspension of Abelos. If he's Chayiv in benching and Shema and everything else, he's also Chayiv in Mitzvah's Oina. He's also Chayiv in Dvarim Shabbatsin. He's also Machayiv in Tash Mishamita. But that's a local Machlekes. Tanimiyas, back to the point. We learned nonetheless. We see from this Brisa, he's Potter, even though there are three out of four cases he's not in the same room. Case one, he's in another house. Case two, he's in a friend's house. Case three, he built the, the Mechitza. Three out of four cases he's in a separate place, and yet he's still Potter. Zak de Gemara, Amr of Papa. Tirgema, let's explain this brisa that your potter, a machzer pun of eichel, on one out of four cases. One of the cases was that he was in the same room. Meaning in the first three cases, you should eat in another place. Fourth case where you were in a room, the same room with the oval. You didn't have a mechitza, you didn't have a friend's house, you didn't have another house. Says of Pape, you're correct. The diak in our Mishnah is correct. And oinein is only an oinein, when he's physically in front of his dead relative. This brisa that says the p'tur in all the mitzvahs is not talking about the case where he's in another house, because then he'll be chayv. It's not talking about the case where he's in a friend's house, because then he'd be chayv. It's not talking about the case where he built the mechitza, because then he'd be chayv. It's only talking about that fourth case where he turned around and he's in the same house. This first heretz agrees with the diak. Rab Ashi Omar. Rab Ashi says, no, 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 no. Kevan Shemutal Olav Lakovray, since it's his responsibility to bury his relative, Kemutal the fun of dummy, it's like it's physically placed in front of him. Says Rab Ashi, the diak that you made from the Mishnah placed in front of him is not physically, it's emotionally. The diak that it said in the Mishnah, a, a dead relative was in front of a person, that meant that the concept, the chiv, the oil, the responsibility, came to mutalal of the kavrai, it's kemutal of fun of dummy. Zakter Bashi, Zakter Bashi, that, that avada the diak is true, but it doesn't mean physical. And therefore the Bryce is beautiful. The Bryce says the person's pata from Kriyashma in another house. Because the responsibility is on him. The diak is true that he's high in a friend's house because the responsibility is on him. You know, my father, he, he, when he was, when my grandmother was nifter, my parents were on vacation in Maine. And my grandmother was nifter in Seattle. 
they were like 3,500 miles apart from each other. And like, you know, Patim and Kalmitz Samur is Because, ah, it's not Mutal Afanov. Kevin Shemutal Olav Lekaivrei is Kemutal Afanov Dami. And if you had any doubts, if we timed Chazar correctly, Shenamar, like it says in this week's Parsha, Vayokam Avram Me'al Penei Mesai, Avram got up from Sarah, I will bury my mace in front of me. She's not in front of him. She was not in Ches then. She died back home. She wasn't by Maris HaMachbela. And yet it calls Milfanai. Why? Because calls man. Since it's his responsibility, Avram's responsibility to bury her, Kemutal Afan of Dami. It's like she's mamish placed right in front of him. So we see from Avram Avinu that even though physically Sarah wasn't in front of him, the Torah mamish labels it as it's in front of him. And that is the resolution of the diak, according to one Torah. So Papa still says the diak is literal. But according to Rab Ashi, the diak of our Mishnah is that, yes, it has to be in front of you, but not physically. Responsibility-wise, it has to be in front of you. So we'll stop here for Hazar. Tomorrow night, I have PTA. There will be no Chaburah tomorrow night. Okay, so we, uh, we started the Mishnah last time. And the Mishnah was talking about the Din Oinen, which patters a person who's an Oinen from Kolmitz Samur's Vatera. At least all of his essays. And the Mishnah used two very specific words, limiting words, when it said the sentence. Me, Shemei Sai, is dead relative. Mutal is placed in front of him. So that is very limiting. That means the only person that qualifies for the Hatayim of Oinem is a person who is a relative, and his relative is physically in front of him. So last time we were together, Tuesday night, we, we discussed, and the Gemara came out, at least according to the second tarot, not according to the Republic, but at least according to the second tarot, that Lefanov doesn't literally mean physically in front of him. It means responsibility-wise in front of him. Therefore, came to Mutal all of the Kavrod, since it's his responsibility to bury his relative, it's Kemutal Lefanov Dami. <coughs> That's that's all the fun of me. The fun of me means not physically, but responsibility-wise. Now, now, let's go back and talk about the other dig. So that brings us to Yud Chesam and Aleph, about 15 lines down from the top of the page. in It's mashma, his relative that's dead. Meisai. His relative that's dead. How about if a guy's just a shamer in Saul Levinson at night and he teaches geography in Machina during the day? How about if he's just a a Mesai Mishamrai in you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. How about if he's just a shamer of Mason? Is a person who's the shamer in Levinson do you remember? The per the I can't see Feinstein laughing. I don't know if anyone remembers. Um, how about if the person is just the shimer? Says the word, not true. Vatanya, we learned in a brisa, 
If a person is watching a dead body, and as we will see tonight, that is a chiv. It's a chiv that a dead body be watched. And this has nothing to do with um, kedusha and neshama and sadness and respect and deference, etc. has to do with one thing. That the minute a person dies, rodents go after his body. And, uh, you know, there's a Pasuk in Kehelis. Taiv Kelev Chaim Me'arimes. No matter how powerful the person was when he was alive, he's subject to rodents. So the, the job of the Shemer of the Mesim is rodents. Is to, is to protect them against rodents. So, says the Gemara, Meshamer Sameis, the Mace Watcher, even though it's not his relative. So, you're wrong. The diak from the Mishnah is wrong. We were Medayik, Mesai. It didn't have to have that vav. It should have just said, Misha It's a clear brysa right here. No argument. A clear brysa that says, that a person who's watching a dead uh, a mace is potter from all the mitzvahs. Samura says, yeah. Mishamra Afapishana may say you're correct. That if he's watching him, it doesn't have to be a relative. Our mission was saying what we said last night. May say Mishamra. Our mission was saying that if it's his dead relative, he doesn't have to be watching him. Yes, you're hundred percent correct that a shamer of a mace is potter. But that's not the main Chiddush of the Mishnah, because that's limited to when he's physically watching him. The Chiddush of the Mishnah, especially like Rashi, is that he's potter from mitzvahs even if he's not physically watching him. And that is limited to Mesai. That is limited to his dead, dead relative, nobody else. So we satisfied both the Yukim. Misha Mesai is there because of Mishamre. That, yes, we purposely said his dead relative because that's coming to say even if he's not physically watching him. Although you're right, it doesn't have to be his dead body, but then it's limited to when he's watching him. Okay. So, so far, the Ptur Mitzvah extends to two people, to two categories. Number one, a relative. A relative of a mace has a Ptur Mitzvah, and like we discussed that the other night, even if he's not physically watching him. A mace watcher is Ptur for Mitzvah while he's physically watching him. So it sounds like that's it. That was the whole sentence in the mission. Misha, Mace, that's it. That's it. No other people are Ptur for Mitzvah. Says the Gemara, really? Mesei umeshamre in. Yes, there's two categories. May say, dead person, his relative, Umishamra, and the guy watching him. <laughs> but you imply that a person walking through a Besakvaris is not Pater from Mitzvah. You're wrong. You're wrong. Oh, you're wrong. Says the Gemara, you're wrong. There's a famous din called Loyeg Larosh Cheref Aisehu. 
This is a famous din that you're not allowed to mock the poor. Now, no one would be so cruel as to mock the poor and go over to the guy, ha, 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 you can't afford clothing, you're a loser. No one would do that. What does it mean, loig l'rash charaf eisehu? What it means is, ein anias ala b'mitzvahs. A rush is someone who is poor because he can't do mitzvahs. And the minute a person dies, the minute a person dies, it's like me, I think I told you this, Marshall, before. It's like me on the New Jersey Turnpike at exit 9. You know, I go to a chasana. Someone asked for Zoom. Uh-oh. I go to a chasana in, in New York and there's a festish morgue. I'm not hungry. I ate like nibble. And then, and then on my way out, I drive by Substational or I drive by whatever. Yeah, I take maybe like cookies. Then the eggs at night, I'm like, I'm such an idiot. I had access to food and now I'm starving my head off. Well, that's how people feel when they die. That I'm such an idiot. I had access to mitzvahs, and like, and I said, eh, there's plenty here. I'm not going to need it. And by exit nine, you have harata. So when you pass that Brunswick Hilton, you're like, hey, what an idiot. So that's how people feel when they die. That I was here on earth. It's so easy to do mitzvahs. I could have have done a little more learning. Could have have to write a little more bikkachaylin. Could have have to write a little more helping people. I could have have to write a little more kibbutzavim. And like, and like you see the value and, and, and you're, it's beyond your grasp. You can't reach it anymore. It's like those machines in the, the arcade. You can't reach it anymore. And people go crazy. So imagine a guy sitting in Besakfaris, he's dead. And some guy walks by and the guy's doing mitzvahs right in front of him. It's like, it's like teasing someone right outside a window. Ha ha, look what I can do and you can't do. So it's a big iser to perform mitzvahs in a Besakfaris. So says the Gemara, why are you limiting the pitur? Why are you limiting the pitur of a dead person to relatives or watchermen? There's a much broader pitur. Anyone in a base hakavaris is potter. Says the Gemara, Vatanya lo yahalach adam bebeis hakavaris v'tefillin b'roishay. A person's not walking beis hakavaris with tefillin on his head. V'sefer Torah b'zroyay or sefer Torah in his arm. V'kayre v'yamaisa kain over mishum loyeg l'rosh cherif. I say you, you violate the curse that a person who mocks the poor is making bizyoyness out of him. That's the Gemara's kasha. Asks the tzlach. Asks the tzlach, the bomb. What are you talking about? A guy who's a relative is potter from mitzvahs. A guy who's watching the mace is potter from mitzvahs. In fact, you're not allowed to, like we discussed the other night. That's the sheet of Tesis to Yerushalmi, and that's how we paskin. You're not allowed to do mitzvahs. That's a p'tur. Here, a guy in the Beis HaKvaris isn't potter from mitzvahs. A guy in the Beis HaKvaris is usher to do mitzvahs, but he's not potter. Let me ask you a question. When you're in the bathroom, you're not allowed to read Kriya Shema. So are you potter from Kriya Shema? No. Get out of the bathroom before it's my Kriya Shema. Read Kriya Shema. What are you talking about? What are you comparing? Oh, uh, the list of Peturim you left incomplete. You left incomplete the list of Peturim. You talked about a relative, and you talked about the watchman in, in Levinson. 
Oh, but you didn't talk about a guy in the base Akvaris. He's also putter. Ask the Tzlach, ask the Neid Behuda, what are you talking about? He's not putter. In fact, if it's approaching Zman Kriyashma, get out of the base Akvaris and say Kriyashma. The cash is awesome. Is that what you wanted to ask? No. The cash is awesome. The cash is awesome. The terrace is, ah, I'm like, offer any tachas ragli had to be huda. And I never could even think of one swerve of the night to be huda. But the terrace, the, the sit might be so good. He says, like, if you can't get out of the base of Kavaris, then you're potter. That's the case it's talking. Which means you're in the base of Kavaris in Varsha. It's 300,000 kvarm. The Beis Akvaris in Varsha. And like, you know, you, you're walking through it. You know, people hid there during the Holocaust. It's that big. There's six people that made it through the whole Holocaust in the Beis Akvaris in Varsha. It's that, it's that vast. And like, someone tells us, my creation was in five minutes. There's no way out. You, you're not getting out of Beis Akvaris in Varsha in five minutes. Then you're Potter. That's what the Nehru Behuda says the case is. Case is where you can't get out in time. That's what the Nehru Behuda says. That's one, that's one hack I wanted to, oh, that's one hack I wanted to bring up. The other hack I wanted to bring up is, I mean, there's a several hacks. I don't know if we'll have time for them. It's like another great kasha. Just giving a list of mitzvahs you're not allowed to do in a Beisach Kvaris. You can't go with tefillin yet, because when you're wearing tefillin, you're doing a mitzvah. You can't read Kriyash, man. We're all familiar with, you got to talk your tzitzis in when you go to Beisach Kvaris. The other one is, you can't walk on Beisach Kvaris holding a Sefer Torah in your hand. What mitzvah is that? What mitzvah is that? Did you ever hear this halacha? You're not allowed to walk in a Beisach Kvaris holding a Cheftzah Mitzvah? I, I've been over that. I don't know about you. Sometimes I go from the Kaisal sometimes. I go, as if I'm Eretz Yisrael that often. But like a lot of times when I'm in Eretz Yisrael, I will go from the Kaisal after Shachris. I'll go to Harazesim. I'm holding my talus tefillin. I've seen many other people holding the talus tefillin. The second word after that. Huh? It's the pirate. I mean, I had to learn from it. So, so what's this right? Drama? I don't know, but like there's a, there's a, I, there's a, there's a verb that goes with it. It's not just holding a Yankee, the Gemara is capable of saying, the pirate in a safer Is it a melech? Oh, so one second. Before we say that answer, which I also don't like. <laughs> but no, but I'll tell you who says it. You'll be very excited. I'm in good company already. You're, you're in very good company. You're in very, trust me, you're in very good company. Much better than me. Does anyone hear the kasha? Is it, is it, is, does Gemara mean say it's usher to go into Beis Kvars with the Chavzah Mitzvah? I think we've all been over that. First of all, your tzitzah is here. So you tell me it's not exposed. The secretary is exposed. It's the very, th- it's the very thing that represents everything that he, he left. So you're he saying the secretary is uniquely special. Yeah. That like you know, it's like this is the ganze zach that you're laughing at the guy from. I hear that's far. Is it any mitzvah? It, it, but it's doing any mitzvah, not holding any mitzvah. Any mitzvah. Any or is mitzvah. It, is it derisive the mitzvah only? That was the other hack I'm going to talk about. But we'll talk about you, that you say you're main I'm saying you're. Yeah, 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 you know that one basic for us. Big, big gosser. Um, Make the Kaddish. Oh, the Kaddish is for the mace. That's, that's the covenant of the mace. That's got, not like the Russian. If you're going to learn Mishnai, Salkvar, you're allowed to do that there also. That's for the covenant of the Nifter. I mean, I've said to Hillam in the Beis Akvaris, 
Herschel Schachter won't. No, is that everyone saying? No. No. But the mission said that if you're in the back of the shore, you can say Shema. Right, so so that maybe is not in the base of Kvars. That could be on the road right. on the side of the base of Kvars. Oh, Dalav. In Dalav, it's on the side of the base of Kvars. Zog to Chaim Kenyaski and my chore. It's talking. It's, yeah. Again, offer any tachas ragle. I can't even. I can't even think of one percent of what he could think of. One tenth of one millionth of one percent. This is talking about a melech. For a melech, it's a mitzvah. Now, let me ask you a question. How many guys in the base of Kvaris are melechs? How, how many guys are you mocking? First of all, anyone that's a kain can't be a melech. So I'm not mocking him. Second of all, anyone that's a woman can't be a melech. I'm not mocking her. Which is the other hot I was going to get to. I'm not mocking her. Third of all, anyone that's not from Shevet Yehuda can't be a melech. not mocking them. Fourth of all, any guy has various other psul. And bottom line is, how many guys in Rosedale are, are Melech Yisrael? So who am I mocking? Who am I mocking? The Melech, no, no, Rechaim Kenyaski said that it's talking about doing a mitzvah. So for whom is the Sefer, holding the Sefer Tari doing a mitzvah? A Melech. It's a mitzvah. So one second, so you're saying a Gansalamdus. You're saying a Gansalamdus. You're saying that it's not the vart that you're mocking the guy on the mitzvah he's shaykh to. It's a vart you're mocking the guy that I'm shaykh to mitzvahs and you're not, period. Yeah. Okay, so one thing, so you, you, you're, taking, you're, you're taking ownership of that? You're taking ownership of that? No, you're walking right into okay. it. You're, you're taking ownership? You're clearly walking right into it. How do they get to that? So, A, problem. B, it's in the schus. I mean, you're getting into serious issues. According to what you're saying, I, I've done the Kavar Where's the Kavar actual relative to where? Before Klein built, before Klein built that beautiful show on the other side where the Kailal is, which you know, like every time I go with my wife, I like I could learn half her shots before she finishes. I'm looking for stuff to say. My wife's learning. Look at this guy. Do you really learn every day? Anyway, our kids are. Wait, I guess I, what's I, what's I, I, but if you're saying like they have they have this part, they're separate by men and women. If you right. walk through the women's section, oh, 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 so that's what right. I mean. You want to take ownership of that? The Mishnah Brura, the Mishnah Brura in Tilchus has a suffix. Are you able to do in front of a kid's kever or a woman's kever? So like no. like all of you Rebbeim Kinyaski guys, case closed. It has nothing to do with personal. That's to do with mitzvahs in general. So what's the Mishaburu mean with something about? So you see, the Mishaburu, who's calling an El Yurab and a Prima Godim, the Mishaburu is calling an El Yurab and a Prima Godim, learns like me, that this is not general mitzvahs, this is targeted mitzvahs, specific mitzvahs, things that you could have done and didn't. Only know you to a man? So, so, Mishaburu says, should be machmer by a kid, because maybe he's a Gilgal of a Godel. That's like his whole... Dry to get you to do that, and, and women no, don't worry about them. In general, no, but women don't worry, right? Well, what are you talking about? You just signed on that it's mitzvahs in general. So any mitzvah. Well, that answers the kiddushah thing with women in general, right? So oh, that's a great okay, point. But that's a great point. Yeah, so it could be you're far from the kever by by Marisa Machpelah. Sure, far from the kever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, but the Shaila is, the Shaila is. 
But in Miron, yeah. So no, no, but, no, but you hear you hear what you just did with Rebbeim Kinevsky, and as you were like, yeah, yeah, it's a melch, yeah, it's all good. No way, you realize what you signed on to when you said that. Now I do. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it, it's not posh it. Anyway, well, on that note, we'll have trouble. Cut off. Anyway. I can't say that's the reason you said. Anyway, it's in the bottom and you said they never a yaitzim in a cloud. You said. Anyway, I can't. I'm asking. I can't. I can't say. Anyway, so so this is, it's gepaskin the shulchan The only heter. Now the problem is, Rabbi the says, the din is a person that didn't learn pasuk or mishnah, then he only needs ten people at his levaya, but a person who learned. There's no shear for his levaya. So it's very hard to meet the bar of cult sarkai. So, I mean, like, so, so, you know, when you see your average guy at Saul Levinson, maybe he never learned. But, you know, if you're in Lakewood and you're by the base of the guy there probably learned a, a pasuk or, or a mishnah in his life. The island doesn't keep this halacha. Anyway, okay. Let's do a little more. Reb Chiyav Reb we're now going to start an interesting sugi. Reb Chiyav or Reb Yonison have a shakli v'azli v'beis ha-kavaris. Reb and Reb Yonison, they were walking in a beis ha-kavaris, taking a walk. Have a kashadye techilte de Reb Yonison. The tzitzes of Reb Yonison were dragging. They were throwing. Omale Rabchia, Rabchia told Rabyainis and Dalye, pick up your tzitzis. Kideshalayimru. So these people in the base Akvaris shouldn't say, Lamachar Bayanetzlenu. This guy's coming to us tomorrow. Which means, what do you think you're gonna live forever? You think you think you're different than us? You're treating us like Mamish with no respect. Now, if you plan on never being in a person's situation, fine, treat him with no respect. If you plan on never, you know, let's say you see an alcoholic and you plan on never being an alcoholic, fine, look at him with derision. But if you see a dead guy, you're going to be a dead guy one day also. And tomorrow he's coming to us. And now he's mocking us. So Rebchia told Rebchia, put in your tzitzis. You're walking in a base of so show some respect. The Mogan Avram brings a raya from here to Minig TC. The, the Shulchan Aruch Paskins that you should not have your tzitzis dragging all the way down. Minig TC, You should not have your tzitzis like going like that. As I say in Shulchan Aruch and Simon Chafalaf, you shouldn't, Mishnah Bura says two reasons, because they could get ripped when they're like that, or they get dragged and it's not, and it's not a and it's not covered for the tzitzis. Says the Magen Avram, you see from this Gemara, you're wrong. Says from Magen Avram, you see that the only problem with tzitzis dragging like that is if you're in a Beis HaKavaris. But not in a Beis HaKavaris, you see there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. And based on this Gemara, the Magen Avram argues on the Pesach of the Shulchan Aruch. And the Magen Avram says, it's one thing to have your tzitzis. You know, I, I, like some people, their talus, the tzitzis always drags. So like the Shulchan Aruch, that would be a problem. Like the Magen Avram, it's not a problem, based on this Gemara. Anyway, so Reb scolded Reb Yainasin, put your tzitzis in in the Beis HaKvaris. 
To which Rabbi Yonison responded with a question that we're going to discuss for a couple days now. Do they know that much? Do the dead people know that much? Meaning you just screamed at me based on a big assumption. You're making an assumption that every guy in this Beis HaKavaris could see, is aware of what's going on on earth, processes what people on earth are doing about them or saying to them, and can actually get offended. That's a lot of assumption you just made, Rubchia. Rabbi Yainasen asked him in four simple words, do dead people know that much? Are dead people that aware? And we're now going to get into discussion for a little while, at least a couple days, about how much dead people are aware of. Says, okay, we'll stop here. We'll do the puzzle tomorrow. So we, uh, we got a little uh, orangutan in the raid on Thursday night about, about um, laying the rush. So let's get back into the Gemara. So our Mishnah said two categories of Pitur for mitzvahs. Number one, at least like Rabashi, not like Rapapa, if a person is an Oynen, regardless of physical proximity to his relative, he is potter from Kriyashma, Tefillah, Mikhamat Zamuris Number two, if a person is guarding a nifter, if a person is guarding a mace. So that's a mishamer. So those two categories are pturim from mitzvahs, relative, even there's no physical proximity, and a watcherman, even though there is, phys- you know, because there is physical proximity. The Gemara asked, really? Is the ptur based on dead body? Limited to those two categories. Ah, there's the category of leg rush. Says the Gemara. Says the Gemara. Mesai. So we are on Yud and Aleph, about halfway down the thin lines. Mesai you Mishamrei. The two categories, either a dead relative Mesai or Mishamrei in Avul Mahalach Bebeis but a person who happens to be walking in a base Akvaris, loy, that's not a Ptor Ivahatanya. We learned in a Akvaris, a person's not allowed to walk in Besakvaris. Vitfilin Biraisha with Tfilin on his head. Visefertaira Bizraya or holding a Sefertaira. That's where well, you got sidetracked on Thursday night. Vikaire and read from the Sefertaira. Vim Isakane. I said Vikaira for you, young. And if he does do that, he's over on the, the concept of if you mock the poor, you're making a mockery of them. So says the Gemara. So you see, even if it's not a relative and you're not a Shimer, there still is a Ptor. Again, the Lashem Ptor, the Tzlach has to shver. But bottom line is, there is some type of exemption from mitzvahs for someone walking in a Beis HaKvaris. Says the Gemara, no. Ha-sam teichar ba'amis huda-asr. There, it's not a real Ptor. V'haraya, it only lasts for four Amis. If a person is outside of a four Amis range of a, of a mace, 
he once again becomes chayv in mitzvahs. Hasam teichar ba'amis hu da'asar, within a range of four amis, is he asar, chutzla arba'amis is chayiv. Outside of arba'amis is chayiv. Now, there's a, there's a shayla if this four amis means period or not in a base kvaris. So in other words, don't walk out of here thinking that if, you, if you're in a base kvaris and you're four amis from the closest kever, you're allowed to do a mitzvah. That's a shayla. But if you're not in a base kvaris, then definitely four amis is the limit. So we see from there that it's not a tour. It's a din in when you are next to a mace, when you're near a mace, when you're proximity to a mace, it's usher to do a mitzvah. But you see from that that it's not a patur. Says the Gemara, the Amar Mar, mace typhus dalad amis le kriyishma. A mace holds his four amis for kriyishma. So the halacha is that a mace always is kind of four amis. Now, this is the main place of this din is a really scary din. In Eretz Yisrael, Yeshua gave over the land, Almanas, that if a, if a dead person dies, he's kind of the four Amis around him. So if a guy dies in your property, and he doesn't have relatives that take him to Beis Akvaris, he gets buried there. I, your whole farm is, let's say, 20 square Amis. Well, you just lost 16 of them. You know, you just lost, you just lost your livelihood, and that's a din. So the din of mace kind of is is applicable for kriyishma. Says the Gemara, chutz nami potter. Here, if a person is a relative or a person is a shamer of a mace, he's potter even outside of four amos. So we see from the fact that that din is limited to four amos that it's not a din in Ptur of mitzvahs, it's a din in mocking the dead, and since you can't mock the dead outside of four amas, it's not the same type of Ptur. So our Mishnah is accurate that it limited the two categories of Ptur to relative and watcher. How do we know it's not talking about mace um, that's not buried? How do we know that once you're buried, there's a din of lower the the, the um, That's what it's talking about. Yeah. I mean, that did, that that person mace typhus dalanamis is a buried dead. It's a buried dead. It's a guy that's buried. Yeah. No dalanamis east west, not north south. I, I know. No, no. <laughs> Says the Gemara, Gufa hamishamaris hamace. A person who is watching the dead body, like we said, even if it's not his relative, is part of me kriyishma, umenat filo, umenat filin, umikol mitzvah samur But how you shnayim, if there are two people available, zemeshamer vizakari, they could switch off. While this one is watching the dead person, the other person can read kriyishma, vizemeshamer vizakari, and when it's his turn to watch, he can watch, and the other person can read kriyishma. Ben Azai Yomer, Ben Azai says, If this dead person and his two watchermen were on a boat, he does not need constant supervision. Therefore, they're able to place the dead person in this corner. And they could both daven in the other corner. 
The Tanakama did not subscribe to this. The Tanakama said, even on a boat, even on a boat, there needs to be constant shmirah. Yes, we'll get to remission in two seconds. Yes. Even on a boat, they need constant shmir. My benayu, what's the difference? Amaravina, chayshishin barim. are we worried about rats, sticks and rashi, on a boat? Which means, of course we're worried about rats. That's where this whole din comes from. <laughs> Says rashi, chayshishin barim. even on a boat, meaning, are there rats as prevalent on a boat as they are on land? And since the din of Shemer Mace comes, even, even, it comes because we're scared of rats. Question is, is there also rats on the boat? The Tanakama holds that the, in other words, again, there's never a machlekes in Metzius and Shas. Because having a machlekes in Metzius is just lazy. Let, let's go do an experiment. Because do you want to know, is the prevalence of rats on a boat the same number as there is on land. Let's not fight about it. So on land, let's put out a, a mouse rat trap and see how much we get. Let's take that same trap and put it on a boat and we'll see how much we get. And we'll come, we'll come up with an answer and we'll stop arguing. So we don't have a machlekes and metzius in Gemara. It's very rare. But the, the machlekes is, yeah, yeah, we both agree it's a lower incidence. The question is, is that incidence, in a, let's say on land, there's X number of rats per square foot. On a boat, there's Y number of rats per square foot. Is Y a number we take seriously? Benazi said no, so you could leave the guy alone. The Tanakama says yes. Cesar Meisha Feinstein, this Gemara is the source why we still need a Shimer nowadays, which means in, in Saul Levinson, those guys are like the most yakish types on earth. There's no rats in Saul Levinson. And, you know, they have, they, have, they have the place on lockdown. And, and therefore, and like the place is freezing. And, and like, it's okay. It's okay. There's no rats. So the question is, do we need a shimer for Mason nowadays or not? Which means, yes, I understand Bimei Chazal is probably terrible. Uh, but nowadays, we have refrigeration, we have, uh, you know, um, like uh, insect control, that kind of stuff. So, is, do we need a shimer? It's a very legitimate house. It's asked to a motion, Don't we have things like that in, like, there are differences that become like mini correct, unless it's purely for a, for a, a reason, which means... We don't, we don't have to be chayshish for gilui nowadays because the Gemara says it's not shechichi nechashim. Again, a lot of people are, are still makbun a gilui. Like right, 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 right. right. Well, you leave a cup of water out overnight. So it's also to drink because of nechashim. But the Gemara says in a place where nechashim are not prevalent, you could drink the cup of water. So, so that's true for us. So Ramesha says, this Gemara is the source that even when the incidence is lower, you still need Shmira. But Ramesha says, a major Kula. Whereas in the time of Gemara, you needed a constant Shemer because of the low prevalence, it's okay to have a Nichnas V'yaytse. So Ramesha said that the Shemer of the Mesim 
in the base halavayas doesn't need to be constantly watching the mace, doesn't even need to be in the same room. As long as he's nichnas v'yayt, say, that's enough. And Ramayashin does it based on this sugya. You're supposed to tell the shaymer to be looking out for, for rodents. And lettuce, you're not in the same room as the mace. Huh? Where you're a shomer, lettuce, you're not in the same room as the mace. Right. We're based on this. Based on this. Yeah. And and the fact that it's it's only after and nothing else. The, the fact what's the shot that has to be the I think the shemitaramitzus. Oh, that already gets to the spooky side, but not the not the practical side. <laughs> They're not so awkward on that. <laughs> Says the Gemara. Like we said, obviously they're not arguing. Are we They're arguing what? What do you treat that number? Says the Gemara. Once we're on the topic, A person who's transporting bones, he's transporting a dead a dead body. He should not put them in a saddle sack. Which means, in those days, you rode on a donkey. So where was the trunk? You sat on the trunk. You had this leather sack, and it and hung on both sides of the donkey, and you kept your cargo in that sack. That was your trunk. So you should not put bones in that saddle sack and sit on top of it. And place them on a donkey, and ride on them. Because that's busyness. But if a person was worried about Goyim, which means it was illegal to transport a mace, and he was sitting on it to keep it hidden. And this was his way of hiding the, the cargo from the guy. Um, if they list him, or he was worried about bandits who just stole any trunk, they'll check what's in it later. Then it's mutter. Then it's permissible to sit on the bones. Says the Gemara, Kedarach she'amru samais, and the same halacha that was said by bones, kachamru v'sefer taira, it was said about a sefer taira as well. So when it says, ahai, which part is the same by bones and the same by a sefer taira? Ilay ma'aresha, the din of the resha, that just like you shouldn't sit on bones, you shouldn't sit on a sefer taira. Is bones any worse than a safer? Is any worse than bones? It's going on the safer. That the header to sit on bones because you're trying to protect it and hide it from the game or the robbers is also a header from a safer. Because I could have thought we drew the line. I could have thought we say, listen. Say for t- uh, bones, okay, you have to sit on bones to protect from a guy. Oh, but you could never sit on a safer tire. Says, well, no. If you're doing it to save it, you're able to sit on top of a safer tire. Again, today's application, are you allowed to send a safer tire through USPS? Yes. Um, th- that's actually Tully in another din. It's funny, the only reason I answer you so quickly is because the Sharmatsiyan Balacha talks about it here because of this. So, so the, the halacha is you're not allowed to throw a safer tire. Which we grata had in in today's daf, in today's daf, you're not allowed to throw kisuy akaidush. So 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 the chash of you sending a sefer Tyra in the mails that the guy throw, you know they they throw the boxes. Um, 
But if it's rolled up, if if a kisei kaidish is rolled up, you're allowed to throw kisei kaidish. So therefore, they paskin you are able to send sevatar to mezuzas in USPS. Um, why, gra- why are we calling this here a sum? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're gonna get in the next thing the difference between <laughs> between a mace and a tzamas. I, I I don't know. Meaning, I doubt this is bedafka. Meaning, I don't think either halacha would change if the guy still has flesh on his bones. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. They did rebury them in those days. Yes, yes, yes. Good point. Good point. Maybe because of Yankee Sands. Yeah. And as they did have a minute in those days to let the body, they buried it. Then when it was just bones, they moved it. Yeah, the mazzolim. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ken. Ken. Kenzine. Hundred percent. Says the Gemara that this is going to be one of those Gemaras that's on the list of Gemaras that we don't really keep. Says the Gemara. Amar Rachba. Amar Yehuda. If a person sees a dead person being transported, and doesn't do levaya, and doesn't walk with the body, he is over on the same pasuk, the same idea that you're mocking the person. You have, you have no. Nah, who cares that the guy died? And you don't. You're not garus it. Um, Let's just finish the Gemara and then we'll talk about it. Vim Hilveyu Maschar. And if you do do Levoya, if you arm a lava the mace, what's your schar? Omer, Asi, Alavakasavaymer. About him, the Torah says, Malva Hashem Chaynendal. If you lend Hashem, it's like when you lend a poor person. Umechabde, and someone's Mechabde, and Mechabde, and Evgen is being nice to an Evgen, which means, which means, Hakonish Baruch was the guarantor over here. You obviously are doing chesed with someone. That's why it's called the chesed shall emes, because the Kodesh Baruch Hu is emes. That you're doing chesed with someone who will not repay you. So the person who is the beneficiary and who will repay you is the Rebbe So this halacha is paskin in the Shulchan Aruch, in Yeridea, that a person who sees a mace and doesn't malava him is over on uh, leg the rush. Yeah, yeah. In other words, in other words, let's say you're Moshe Spiro. And let's say you have an office, the second floor. I mean, we could also say your name is Fidel Chiropractic, but I don't know him. Or Dr. Deborah Z. Ehudin DDS. But I don't know her. But I do know Moshe Spiro. Like that Chinese restaurant closed and <laughs> yoga lot is disgusting. Um, so... So the only guy that's not gay is Moshe Spiro. And you have an office directly across from Saul Levinson. And like, you know, you're looking out your window and, and, and it's 11.20 in the morning and like there's a Leviah, you know, snaking down Town Road. The din is you have to stop and you have to, and you have to walk. And, and if you're physically, that you physically... Yes, yes, yes. So, so the, um, so, so, so like this. The Shulchan Aruch says in a different place, it's a steer in Shulchan Aruch, that if he has a sufficient Levaya, 
then you don't have to accompany him. So the, the question then becomes, what is a sufficient levaya? The Ramban in Teresa Adam says, even if a person has a sufficient levaya, you have to stop. You, have to, you don't have to walk for him, but you have to stand up for him. The bottom line is, the ilm is not noyig either, which means, me and you, how often do we see a levaya? If we see a levaya, maybe we'll do it. But if you're, if you're a yeshiva that's next to base halavayis, which there are, they don't keep this halacha. And like the question is why? Meaning the ilum is not machbar on this halacha. I mean, you've turned on to Mount Wilson Lane and seen a levaya. You know, and it's a Jewish guy. It's not, you know, it's not the pshat. It's from like the, um, from, uh, from the Burke's funeral home or the uh, you know the, the, you know or like the tan the tan hearse type of levias which so we started last night an interesting sugi with an interesting question we'll start again from the two dots about five lines seven lines from the bottom of your and Aleph we're walking together in Beis It was thrown, literally dragging, the trellis of Rabbeinu pick up your tzitzis. So the dead shouldn't say. <laughs> Look at this guy. Tomorrow, meaning one day in the future, he's coming here. And now he's laughing at us. Well, what do you think? That's not going to happen to you. So Rabbi Yonison answered him with a rhetorical question that we're going to talk about for several days. <laughs> do dead people know that much? A simple question. You just made many assumptions that these guys could see, that these guys are offended, that these guys are aware. Is that true? Do they know that much? Is it true? Vahaksiv, Rabbi Yenison, supported his pshat, his contention, with a pasik in Kehelas, Vahamesim Einim Yoydim Mu'uma. The dead people don't know anything. You see, I'm right. It says here clearly, dead people don't know anything. Rebchia said, In Karisa, if you read that Pasuk once, Leishanisa, you never read it twice. Allow me, for the honor of Kenyan Masechda, to read the Rashi here. Leishanisa, Lechazarta Olaf, you didn't chazer pamshenis a second time, kideshetisbainen by, so that you'll understand it. If you don't chazer, you don't understand. So Rabbi told him, if you learned the Pasuk once, you didn't chazer it. Im Shanisa, if you chazer it, leshilashta, you didn't chazer it a third time. Im Shilashta, if you did it three times, okay. You learned it. I'm not going to say anymore. If you did it three times, you didn't learn it. 
But if you did it three times and you still think that way, you didn't learn it properly. It was not explained to you. You didn't learn pshat. The dead people in that Pasuk isn't talking about physically dead people. And the live people, that would be the opposite, isn't talking about physically alive people. And let me explain. There's another Pasuk right there. Ki hachayim, live people, yoidim shayamusu, are aware that they're going to die. And they live their lives with the awareness that they're going to die. Elut tzadikim. These are people that took their lives seriously. The tzadikim. Elut tzadikim. Shebechayehem. Sorry. Elut tzadikim. Shebemisasa nikruchayim. That even when they're dead, they're called alive. Which means the chayim of that pasuk is referring to dead people. But they're still alive because they're an Elam Haba. Because they live their lives with the awareness that they're going to die. So it's, everything is in reverse. If a person lives like he's going to die, then when he dies, he's going to be alive. And if a per- the opposite is also true. If a person lives thinking he's not going to die, when he's alive, he's already dead. Continues the drush of these words being flipped. Alive meaning dead, dead meaning alive. Shenemar, like it says in Pasik. Ubiniyo bin Yayoda. So there was an ally of David Amelech named Biniyo bin Yayoda. He was mentioned in this past week's Haftarah that he did not uh, line up with, with the rebellion. He did not line up with Adonia, who rebelled against David, or maybe didn't rebel, but just rebelled against Shlema. Uh, Binyo was loyalist to David. Pasik describes him. Ben Ishchai. He's son of a live man. As you'll see, Rabbi Yosef Chaim of Baghdad had an affinity to this Pasik and named all his svarim after everything in this Pasik. He thought he was a Gilgal of Binyo. Ubinyo Binyayada, Ben Ishchai. He was son of a live man. Rav Paolim. A man of many deeds. Rav, much. Paolim, actions. Paol. Mikabtziel. He gathered people for God. Mikabitzkel. In fact, Huhika. He beat. As Shnei Ariel Moyev. The two lions of Moyev. Referring to David HaMelech, who came from Rus HaMoyavia. And David HaMelech built two Beis HaMikdash, which the Beis HaMikdash is known as Ariel. Ariel means the Beis Hamikdash. Huhika, he beat. As Shnei Ariel Mayav, the two lions that David Amelech built, which means Biniyob and Yayada beat. He was greater than anyone in the generations of the first Beis Hamikdash and the second Beis Hamikdash. And continues the Pasuk with his Milus. Vuhuyarad, and he went down. Vihika es Ha'ari, and he beat the lion. He beat whoever this lion is referring to. In a pit, on a snowy day. A very cryptic Pasuk. And now the Gemara darshans each part of the Pasuk. Ben Ishchai. This Biniyo Ben Yayada was so special, he was the son of a live man. That's special. 
as if everyone else is the son of dead people. What kind of mile is that? You're trying to praise Biniyo that he was so special, he was the son of a live man. Somewhere everyone else is the son of dead men. Ella ben Ishchai. Ben like means Ben Elam Haba. He means he is <coughs> Ishchai, a man that will live forever. Sha'afilu bimisasai karichai. Even when he's dead, he's called alive. Which is why we quoted this drasha. We're going to finish the drasha right now. But this is why we quoted the drasha. Why do we quote the drasha? Because Reb Chia is telling Reb Yenison, you learned that Pasuk wrong. When the Pasuk talks about dead people, it's really referring to live people that are dead. When the Pasuk says live people, it's really referring to dead people that are still alive. And we just proved it from Ben Ishchai. That even when he's dead, he's still alive. Let's finish the drasha. Rav Pa'olim Mikabziel, a man of many deeds who gathered, Shariba, that he increased the kibates and gathered, Pa'olim Latira, workers for the Tyra. He made many people workers for Tyra that became more involved in Tyra and more involved in the base Hamigdash, etc. Vihuhika, and he smote, he hit. Eshnea real Mayov, the two lions of Mayov. Shalehiniach Kemoise, that he left no one his peer. He left no one his equal. Not in first base Hamigdash. Not in second base Hamigdash. And he went down. And beat. The lion, which means the Yetzirah. In a pit. On a snowy day. What does that mean? Some say he broke pieces of ice and he went into the mikveh. So the first shot is that he beat the lion, which means, you know, the lion is the tough opponent. When it's so cold outside that there's ice on the top of the mikveh, that's a large incentive not to go to the mikveh. And he beat the opponent, he beat the lion and went to the mikveh anyway. Very quickly, Rashi says he went to the, he went to the mikveh for Tvilas Ezra. The problem is, Binyobin Yehud lived about, uh, no, 500 years before, 500 years, uh, 400, 400-something years before Ezra. So Rashi says he lived 400 years. Tysus in Bavakama, Tysus, Reb Kiveger is Mitzayin, Tysus in Maruba says, no, he went to the mikvah so he could eat Meiser B'Tahara and Chulun B'Tahara. But Rashi learns that, that uh, he was table for Tuvilas Ezra before Ezra, which just means Ezra just codified something that's been around for a while. Ezra wasn't Mechadashit. But uh, nonetheless, Tysus argues. Anyway, or Ikadiyamri Ditana Sifra de Beirav he learned Sifra. Sifra de Beim Rav means the book of Rav, just very quickly, the halachic medrashim. So on Shemais, the medrash halacha is called Mechilta. On Vayikra, which we know as Teres Kehanim, it was written by Rav. It's called the book of Rav. The book of Rav is all the medrash halacha on Vayikra, which is all of the drashis and Kodshim and, and Taharis, it's really, really, really hard. That's Sifra de Beirav. By the way, the other two Medrash Halacha 
are the Sifrei de Beirav, which is known colloquially, not by any Enochal of Rabbi Pelkowitz, as Sifri. I'm not a big dicta guy, and since Nassim is here, I can pretend I am, but Sifri means my book. That's not what it means. Sifrei means two books. So the, the Sifra, the one Sefer, is the Medrash on Vayikra. The Sifrei, plural Sefer, the Sifrei are the two Midrashim on Bamidbar Dvarim, because they're two, so it's really Sifrei, but the Velp calls it Sifrei. Anyway, Sifra de Beirav is the Medrash Halach on Vayikra, Biyuma de Stav, on a winter day, like today. Today, Nates was probably 640, and, and Shkia was about 450. So from 640 to 450 is only about 10 hours. He finished it on a winter day. On a summer day, when you have from 4.30 in the morning till 8.30 at night, that's easy to finish the whole Sifra. He finished it on a winter day, which lasts from 7 a.m. till 4 p.m. It's a much, much shorter day. Right, yeah, 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 yes. Okay. So let me get back to the Pasik. When you, Rebchia, told me that dead people don't know anything, when dead people don't know anything, let me explain to you what that means. When you told me dead people don't know anything, that's referring to Rishayim. That even when they're alive, they're called dead people because they live their lives without any awareness they're going to die. So just to boil it down, Rav Chia said, what do you mean? I could wear my sister's out in the basic forest. Dead people don't know anything. The Pasuk says, to which Rav Chia told them, no, no, Rav Yehazen. That doesn't mean dead people don't know anything. That means people that are Rishayim don't know how to live. But of course the dead people know. And we're going to prove this, that a live person that's a Russia is called dead. Shenemer va'ata, you cholol Russia, you corpse, you Russia, Nisi Yisrael, prince of Yisrael. So you see, he called him a corpse, even though he's talking to a live person. If a person is convicted with two or three edim, you must hames, the dead person should be killed. Chaihu. He's alive. You're, you're telling us to kill him. It means he's dead even when he's alive. So that is how Rebbe responded to Rebbe Yonison. Rebbe Yonison said, I can wear my tzitzit out in the base of Kvaris. Dead people don't know anything. No, 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 no. That means Rishayim don't know anything. But dead people are aware. He didn't. So we'll see. We'll see in the end till he'll be made so now, we have this machlekes. Are dead people aware of what's going on? We're now going to try to prove this. Starts the Gemara. B'nai Rebchia. Not because he was Rebchia. In fact, some people changed the gears. Rebchia's sons, Nofuk Likrayasa. They went out to divide his inheritance. Apparently when he died, he was rich. He had a lot of properties. And it was very, very detailed and very, very cumbersome, the job that they had to do to divide up the Yerusha. And, and this took up, and of course it was probably a little tense, 
and this took up all their brain power. That they were mamish busy for an extended period of time figuring out the Yerusha of Rebchiyah. They forgot all their learning. As you can imagine, they were very depressed. Our father dies. We're busy hacking Yerusha for so long. And we forgot all our learning. You know, our lives in Mamish heading south. He asked, have a kamatzaralad kura. They were Mamish in pain. They were trying very hard to remember their learning. One of the sons of Rebchia said to one of his brothers, his friend, Yoda Avon Bahait Sara. Do you think our father is aware of the pain we're in? Which means we're all farhaked because our father died. Do you think he has any concept of what we're going through? Or is he gone? Finished, not involved. He's gone, he's out. Or is he keenly aware of the pain we're going through now? So the other brother told him, How would he know? If there's a Pasuk in Eiv who's lamenting people that die, and he says, Eiv says, when a person dies, his children will be and he won't even know. The other one responded, Really? He doesn't know. Vahaksiv is a mafurish apostik in Eiv. Ach, besarei olav yichav, his flesh will be in pain. V'nafshei olav teavel, and his nefesh will be in mourning. Which means, when a person is decaying, his soul is in pain. The Pasuk in Eif tells us when a person dies and his body is decaying, his soul is in pain. V'amr of Yitzchak, in fact, Rabbi Yitzchak describes it. Kasha A worm eating the flesh of someone that departed is worse, is just as bad. Kimachat Like a needle in a live person's flesh. So we see clearly here not only are dead people aware of what's going on, they literally feel physical pain when their body decays. So says the Gemara, this should put this issue to rest. It's a clear pasuk in Eiv with a graphic description that when a person dies, he's in physical pain when his body decays. If he's not aware of what's going on here on earth, he shouldn't be aware of what's happening on earth. Again, I don't, I don't see the connection. He should know the body's decaying if he's not aware of it. It's here on earth. Okay, because that could be Amri, I could tell you easily, Bitsara did who yadi. In their personal pain, they could feel. In the pain of others, they don't feel. So says the Gemara, in the first concession in this sugi, in this shaila, are dead people aware of what's going on? Well, one area we know they know what's going on. In the area of personal, physical pain of their body decaying, that they are aware of. So, so far, whatever we 
the side of the sugya, one thing is clear that the people that die are aware of their body's personal pain. Right, right, right. They wouldn't help with the tissue. So our question is still an open question, but it's not open-ended. One percent is already, you know, it's, they're not a hundred percent unaware. They're at least aware of that. Says the Gemara for Raya number two. In a famous story. Vilayadi. And they're not aware of Ahatanya. Learned in a Brisa a long story. There was once a story with a righteous person. I saw that this person is Rabbi Yehuda Brabiloi. Shenosan dinner echad la'ani, that he gave a gold coin, which was extremely valuable, to an ani, on in a famine year. Which means he gave away a small personal fortune to an ani when he would not be able to replenish the coffers. And his wife screamed at him, what are you crazy? Giving away a gold coin blew off that for a year. You give some guy knocks on the door $50,000 in a famine year? And this, this Hasid went and slept in the Beis HaKvaris. Frek the Marsha. He was a Hasid. We know he was reputably light. How on earth can a Hasid sleep in a Beis HaKvaris? It's a Makam Toba on Rosh Hashanah night. This is incongruous. How could it be that if such a righteous person does such a, you know, hard to understand, ichi act of sleeping in a Beis HaKvaris? The Marsha says, you have to learn like the Ritva, that this Gemara is a dream. Didn't really happen. Marsha doubles down on the Ritva and says, dreams on Rosh Hashanah, because it's Yayim Adin, are especially true. So this Gemara, says the Ritva and the Marsha backs him up, is a dream. It's not real. didn't really happen because no chassid would sleep in a Beis HaKvaris, let alone a Rosh Hashanah night. And therefore this whole Gemara is a dream. A true dream. What's going to happen is real, but it didn't happen in real life. It was a dream. In a famous, famous, famous letter in... In the Ar Yisrael, Rabbi Yisrael Salanter says, no, 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 this Gemara is as real as real can be. And yes, it was a chassid, it was Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Lloyd, and yes, he slept in a base HaKvaris. And yes, it was Rosh Hashanah night. Says Rabbi Yisrael Salanter that his wife screamed at him. And he felt that he was going to get angry and answer her back. And he was going to be nichshel and kas on Rosh Hashanah, which even the Shabruah says, which the Mepharshim, the Swarm say, it's a very bad thing. And he needed an extremely vivid reminder that we're not going to live forever and we're going to have to be answerable for our acts. And he went and slept in a Beis HaKvaris in order to 
make himself realize and be cognizant of the fragileness of life and don't get angry. It's not worth it. Don't get angry. For sure don't get angry at your wife and for sure don't get angry on Roshana and for sure don't get angry at your wife on Roshana. And he went and slept in the Beis HaKvaris, which as you know, is a, uh, is a minig amongst the Bali Musr. That like when they feel that they're being nichshal and they're midas, they go and sleep in the Beis HaKvaris. You know the story, but one guy was sleeping in the, in the Beis HaKvaris one night, it's pitch black there. And like in the middle of the night, some guy goes to sleep on top of him. Like, he says, hey, who made you such an anav? <laughs> so anyway, so as I Dr. Bisral. Continues the Gemara. Very quickly. Continues the Gemara. Vishama shte ruchais shemesapres zulazu. And when he was in this space at Kavaris, he heard two spirits of two young girls who were buried there talking. One said to her friend, my dear friend, come. Let's float through the world. We'll hear from the other side of the divide what troubles are coming to the world. Which means it's Lel Rosh Hashanah. It's Lel Rosh Hashanah. Tonight the world is being judged. Let's go on the other side of the wall like you sometimes can hear between a wall what's going on on the other side. So Let's go to the other side of the wall behind where Hashem is judging the world and we're going to hear what kind of things are going to happen in the world. For after Yosef Engel and the Goliath and Ashas, what are you talking about? The first night of Rosh Hashanah, nothing's happening. We know that Hashem doesn't sit in Din until Klai Yisrael's Makadish the Chaydish, until Klai Yisrael's Makadish the Shana, until it's Rosh Hashanah, and then Makadish Hashanah Biyayim. So nothing happens the first night of Rosh Hashanah, which is why we still wish each other on the first night of Rosh Hashanah, because nothing happened yet. Which is why that we, which is most of we, don't say it, you know that Magadah Ram says you could, don't say it on the second night of Rosh Hashanah, because it's too late. But the first night of Rosh Hashanah, it's all, it's all still okay. So ask the of Engel, what did, what did these two spirits think they were going to hear the first night of Rosh Hashanah? So Yosef Engel says this Gemara means it's on Rosh Hashanah. I'm not saying Rosh Hashanah. Which means the guy's wife got mad at him on Arab Rosh Hashanah. For, for two days Rosh Hashanah, I guess he was able to Halzachayim. But then Matzah Rosh Hashanah, he saw that he was going to get mad, so he went in the Beis HaKvaris. The Gura learns... It was the second night of Rosh Hashanah that he went to Beis HaKvaris. Bottom line is, he went and slept in Beis HaKvaris. Her friend said, I can't move. I am buried in a bed of reeds. What does that mean? The Tzlach explains that a person's neshama doesn't depart their body until their body is engonsed and decayed. If their body needs to decay. Meaning if a, if a person is going to remain shalim, 
like the Vilna Gain or something like that, then his neshama departs his body right away. But if a person is going to decay, his neshama doesn't depart his body. It hangs around near his body, which is part of the reason people don't go to Bezakvaris the first year. Is The neshama hangs around the body until the body decays, which is why we try our best to bury a person in the ground because it causes it to decompose quicker. And even though in you know, in they bury the person mamish in the ground. In America, where that's illegal, so if you're yeshivish, they take off the bottom of the orange so the, the nifter is in the ground. If not, we try to bury the person in the simplest pine um, coffin that won't withhold it. These people that, you know, nebuch, they pay a lot of money to be buried in like a in a metal casket, because it causes the body to last much longer, which is why tachrichim are made of linen, because linen is the simplest material and it biodegrades the fastest. So this lady was so poor, she didn't have money to pay for linen, so she buried her daughter, Nebuch, in tachrichim like those chachmats. And those things take who knows how long to decompose. So the neshama said, I'm stuck. I can't move. I'm stuck in this body, unable to move. I can't go. Says, I'm buried in a mat of reeds, which didn't decompose me yet. We'll continue from here tomorrow. <clears throat> Last night, we started a story in efforts to bring a riot. The Gemara had a machlekes between Reb and Reb which led to a very fundamental question. Are dead people aware of what's going on here on earth? In the Maisa manifested it itself that Reb demanded Reb talk in his tzitzis. Reb said, yeah, they don't know anything. Well, who cares? They think they know if I'm wearing my tzitzis out. So, we decided that that's a, a sugar we're going to sink our teeth into. So the Gemara brought Psukim back and forth to no avail. Now the Gemara brought a story. And we started the story last night. We uh, spoke out too much. We started the story last night of this Chassid, who he was an Arab Rosh Hashanah. He gave really expensive coin to an Ani. I just look in the Marshall. Marshall said, it was his last money. So his wife wasn't stam like, you know, you know, like saluting with Reuven last night. I said, like, and why don't you just buy her a handbag and said, Don't worry, we have plenty of money left over. Like it was it was their last money. So she got upset at him. He slept in the base Hakvaris. We discussed last night A, why he would sleep in the base Hakvaris or not. B, why would he sleep in the base Hakvaris on Rosh Hashanah, etc. So there were these two ruches of two girls who were buried in that base HaKavaris. And we'll pick up the story from there. The last two words on the line are Veshoma Shteiruches. He heard two spirits of two girls. It's Yurches and Beis, about ten lines into the medium lines. They were talking to each other. One said to her friend, my dear friend, come. 
Let us float in the world. We'll hear from the other side of the wall, which troubles are coming to the world. She said, my dear friend, I am unable because I am buried in a mat of reeds. And we said from the Tzlach last night that since that doesn't biodegrade, since it doesn't disintegrate, she's stuck. And the neshama is not free until the body is no longer there. But the friend said, you go. And what you hear, Amrili, come back and tell me. So the free spirit went, Vishata and floated, Uba'a and came back. She said, my friend, what did you hear? Umrullah, I heard as follows. Shamati, anyone who plants in the first rain, in the early planting period, will be smashed by barad, which means Barad is hard pieces of hail. And when something is hard, it only breaks something else that's hard. Something that's hard and something that's soft don't necessarily cause a smash, doesn't cause a collision. So it comes out that the earlier you plant that year, the more developed your fruit, your, your wheat is going to be, causing it to be tougher and causing it to be smashed by Barat. So in that year, it would be very advantageous to plant as late as possible, and your wheat would be as soft and malleable as possible, and therefore it would not break when it gets impacted by the Barat. So Halach, he went, Halachu Vizara Bereviya Shniya. He planted in the later rain period. The chassid who was sleeping in the base Hakvaris, who heard this stock tip, this advice from this girl that heard it, when she was telling it over to her friend. Everyone else's crops got hit. His did not get hit. So not only did he have what to sell, the laws of supply and demand made what he had to sell very, very, very valuable. The Shana Acheres, the next year, it worked out so well, Halach Valon Bebeis He went and slept again in the Beis Now, last night, Mickey asked me, I, the Rambam Paskins Mephorish, as does the tour, that if a person sleeps in a Beis to hear spirits talking to each other, and you will, you will, and you do this for financial gain, this is a textbook case of Derish al And I told Mickey that the Mepharshim say this chassid went there for Musr purposes. And I told Mickey, tonight you're going to believe me, it's going to sound like a good tarot. Tomorrow night you're going to think I pushed you off with a terrible tarot. Well, what did he go back the second year for? You got to trust me, it was for Musr but it doesn't sound good. Um, 
he went back and slept in the Beis HaKvaris. V'shama Eisen Shteiruchais. And he heard those same two, now like the Ritva, that it's a dream, that's not a problem. V'shama Eisen Shteiruchais. And he heard those same two girls, their spirits, Shemesapre Zuimzu, talking to one another. Amrachad Lechavrata once said to her friend, Bai, come, my friend. Vinashat Bailam, let us float in the world. Vinishman, let us hear, Me'achare Apargan. From the other side of the divide, Mapuranis Bala'ilam, what troubles are going to come to the world? Amrachaverti, she said to her, Don't you remember? Did I not tell you? I am incapable. Shani Kevura Bamachat Sela shall him because I am buried in a bed of reeds. Why is it still a problem? So there's many problems with the second year. I mean, like, it's so easy to say the Ritva, and it's so appealing to say the Ritva. Number one, we say that a spirit doesn't stay with the body more than a year. So even if they were both buried Arab Rosh Hashanah of the year before, it's still over a year. Unless you say, like, the Gra, that it was like the second night of Rosh Hashanah last year, and this is the first night. I'm like, come on. You know, then you're pulling the sugar from 50 ways. And, and her body still... No, this I can tell you the body still, still didn't disintegrate. It, it was that well-packed in the Kanan. But the other spirit, there's no answer for. So, like, you know, like, there's too many things of the second year I, I can't answer. Mickey's Kasha, your Kasha, I don't know. It's mashma that it doesn't, but you could be right. So then what's the whole thing of Davening Oh, so the whole thing of Davening Kavarm is chas v'shalom, we're not Davening to the dead person. Of course. Um, but it's nothing there, I mean, it's just, it's just the left, the remains. There's no, like you're So you're saying, you're saying, you're saying that even though the spirit departs right. its so body, it still visits. There's something, there's something, there's some connection. Sounds right. Sounds right. Sounds right. So, Shamati, <clears throat> I heard anyone who plants in the later period, she Malka will be hit. Ben, you ready with a blight? B l i g h t. I think. Then we're of art school. I think that's what it means. Which means it's a crop disease. And here, the stronger the roots, the better off it will be to defend itself, defend off the crop disease. So this year, this year, it's much, much better to plant early because then your wheat got rooted and it's strong and it's developed and it could fight off a crop disease. This year, it's much better to plant early. Now, of course, the rest of the world said, that's it. You know, your generals are always fighting last year's battle. They're still checking your shoes at the airport because some guy tried that stunt 10 years ago. So everyone planted in the later uh, crop period because since it hailed last year, it's probably going to hail this year. Well, guess what? It didn't hail. There was a blight. There was a crop disease. And, and it really killed the crops that were planted late. And everyone planted their crops late. So, Vishaloilai Nizdaf. And Halach Vazar Vrevir Shnayana, he planted in the early plant period. Shalkalailam Kulay Nizdaf. Everyone got blighted. Vishaloilai Nizdaf, and his didn't get blighted. And he was a gajillionaire. Because there now was a two year shortage on crops. 
So he made a killing the first year because the supply and demand was skewed. And by this year, the supply and demand is geferlach. And he had ample supply. So this year, two years in a row, this guy Mamish made a killing. At a certain point, his wife noticed. They're like, you have more money than you know what to do with. Amalei Ishtai. His wife says, honey, why was it last year? Everyone's crop got hit by hail, except you. And not you. And this year, and why is it that this year the whole world's crop gets blighted and yours doesn't? So he said, well, it was a long story. Remember that time you went nuts? Remember that time you got angry at me? And like I said, you know, I'm just going to go and sleep in the base of And you said, well, good idea. So, so Amru Lai, Amru, they said as follows. It wasn't very long. Until there came an argument. Between the wife of this chassid and the mother of that girl. I think there's a message there. I think the Gemara is telling you that when a person has nasty goods on somebody, they're hankering for a fight. In other words, this Gemara says, it wasn't long until they got in a fight. Like, really? Like, out of the blue, she met this lady in Samal Market and said, yeah, you stole my shopping cart? Like, make it tasty to get in a fight with a random lady. The tarot says, when you have Lush and Har on somebody... You're, you're hankering deep down to, to have an opportunity to tell them, yeah, and you. You're hankering for such an opportunity. The mother of one of the girls that was in... That was the, 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 poorly bur- the poorly buried one. And those, the chassid told his wife, you know, so this girl A, this girl B, who's stuck. And, and, and the wife said, mm, the girl B is stuck. Mm, the mother buried uh, Interesting. Really? Such a bad mother? Okay, okay, okay. And then, like, the next time she met that lady in Samal Market, she said to her, hey, you, you took the last strawberries on sale, give it back to me. No, I'm not giving it back to you. Yeah, you're a bad mother. And was, she, she found an opportunity to get in a fight with her. Says the Gemara, Amrullah, she says to the Mar, Lechi, come. Ve'erech, I'm going to show you, Bitech, your daughter, Shehi Kevura, that she is buried, B'machatzela shall konim. In a, re- in a bed of reeds, in a mat of reeds. Okay, end of that part. The third year, the guy was already, you know, counting his money. The third year, he went back to that Besakvaris and he slept there. And here it goes, it's getting ready. Heard those two girls talking to each other. I have no idea what's going on. The third year, she said, my friend, let us go swim in the world, float in the world, and hear from the other side of the divide, what troubles are coming to the world. The reed-buried girl said, my dear friend, shh, Leave me alone. The words between me and you are heard amongst the live. 
meaning we can't talk anymore. They know, they know about us. Now, how did that happen? How did these dead people know that they're, you know, that they've been eavesdropped on? How did these dead people know that anyone knows about them? Almayadi says the Gemara, you see dead people know what's going on. That was the point of the whole story. The point of the whole story was for this ending that we see that dead people do know what's going on. Because the, the Rasha explains that the dream was entirely realistic and anything in the dream could have showed down what have happened in real life, except for the fact that a chassid would sleep in a besakhar and Rashan. But everything else, that that's what Rasha speaks out after he brings the he says, and dreams on Rashan are super duper real, are super duper lifelike. So if they're, if they're really lifelike, this mamish, everything could have and would have happened. In real life, you know, like in your dream, how did the, you know, how did like the guy that owed you the million dollars give you the million dollars? You know, same way it happened. Huh? He still stuck on his dream. How'd you know about that dream? Why is the fight between the, the women relevant? Because once the, the man had the conversation with his wife, they should have heard it. Correct. Correct. Unless it's for your point. Uh, correct. 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 Or, or, or the, the mother, mother the mother went back. Yeah. Well, well, then, then they maybe don't know. No, but how would the mother? Any, whatever. I mean, the mother could have said something to the daughter. That's why. So th- then it's no raya. Meaning. He's, well, if they know what's going on, why, did, why do you even need to complete the Misa? The answer is because the Misa got completed, but I hear what you're asking. If, if dead people know, then they know. Now, the Shaila is, and was, I, would, I would have said a little different. Do dead people know more than they would know if they were alive? Meaning, just because you're dead, if a guy dies in America, does he know what's going on in China? Right? No, so, so, is that what it's saying? Or is it the Peshat that a guy who's alive knows everything they at him? A guy who's dead knows what he would have known if he was alive, and that's the burial spot. These two girls go off on their apartment to hear whatever they want. That's all It seems like it was a local story because the mother's... Right, 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 right. That's a different thing. That they went to the news source. Answers the Gemara. I have a very simple answer for you. No, they really have no idea. What, there's a wall between the live and the dead. Dilma, Inishachrina, Shachiv... Dilma, perhaps. Another guy died. And he went and told these two girls, oh my gosh, you should have seen what's going on on earth. Your mother got in a fight with your mother and, and you got a Zah Taram and his mama shows all over. So, so in other words, that's not Yidea, that's information. Which means, th- they can hear what's going on from Hashem, that still doesn't mean they know what's going on on earth. They have access to other information. We're asking another child, can I walk in my tzitzis? End of Raya. So now, we have two breaches in the wall. Which means we have a question. Do dead people know what's going on? Chia said yes, Rebbe said no. Already we have two exceptions that everyone agrees to. Number one, physical pain, like when a worm eats their body. 
when they feel themselves decay. And number two breach in the wall is if someone else tells them, then they can become aware of what's going on on earth. Next story. Toshma. Let me try another one. Diziri, Ziri have a mifkid zuze gabi ushbezichte. Deposited money by his innkeeper. You know, Ziri was out of town for yeshiva, and the innkeeper served as a bank, and Ziri had some money on deposit with his innkeeper. Ad from the time he left and came back to the inn, Lebeirav, when he was in yeshiva, Shriva, she died. And he's like, I need my money. No problem. He went to her kever. Azul basra lachatzer mavis. He went to visit her in the courtyard of death, probably a base akvaris, even though the gra says not. Amrla Zuzihecha, where's my money? Amrle, she told him, Oh, Zilshaklin, go take it. May Tuse from under Tsinura Didasha, the doorpost, Biduch Plan in such and such a place. If you go to 123 Main Street, there's a doorpost there. You dig a little bit underneath the doorpost and you'll find your money. That's where I put your money. It's a very safe spot. That's where your money is. By the way, the Eimalala tell my mother, tell my mother, uh, I need a package sent here. Tishadarli send me Masrikoi, my comb, Vigufsoi de Kuchla, and a tube of mascara. You know, tell my mother, I need my brush and my mascara. You know, you could send it, with so-and-so, he's, he's coming here, to, she's coming here tomorrow. Send me my, my brush and mascara with her. So Rashi explains that, that this was her way of bitter, bitterly telling her mother, I was young when I died. I still cared about mascara and brushes. There's going to be another young person dying. So you could send me my mascara and brush. Now, obviously, you can't send a mascara and a brush to Shemaim with someone that's dying. But it's, it's a way of communicating she's dying. 3D printing. It's another way of saying she's dying. Says the Gemara, either she's dying or she's dead. She's very close to death. Says the Gemara Al-Mayadi. You see that dead people know what's going on here on earth. How else would she know that this girl is either dead or dying? Says the Gemara, no. I have another possibility. Dilma, perhaps, Duma. We said this morning, Yarde Duma, Vanachnu Nevarechka. Duma is the person in charge. He's the uh, physical plant manager of where people stay when they're dead. He arranges spots for the dead. He's the malach in charge of placing people where they go when they die. So says the Gemara, no, really dead people have no idea what's going on here on earth. The way that this girl knew that someone is about to die or just died is because Duma comes in and says, okay, make space. We're going to need another bed here. Dil- the fact that, that he, she answered the question. 
No, because that she knew from when she's alive. Yeah, they, 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 they spoke to each other. That's fine. That's fine. That doesn't involve them knowing what's going on here on earth. However, you access dead people in their ways. Shmuel Hanav, I mean, Shal Hanav, Shal Hamelech access Shmuel Hanavi. Um, Alicia, you know, we have cases where people had to consult. We're going to have a few more cases right now. There's a way, I mean, there's a way to do it even nowadays. It's called Derish Alamesim, necromancy. It's called in English, Ben. Um, th- there's a way to be Derish Alamesim. That, that doesn't involve any skill of the mason. That's more of a skill of the, of the Derish, of the Ivy Yudaini. Check it out. I know a few of them. <laughs> so, so, and there's nothing to do with romance. So, says the Gemara, nah, Dilma Duma Kadamu Machrizle. Maybe Duma announced it. So three ways dead people know what's going on. They know if they have physical pain. They know if someone else dies. And they know if Duma had to tell them. Let's try one more Raya. Tashma. Da'avua de Shmuel. Shmuel's father. Now, just a little bio on Shmuel's father. Shmuel's father's name was Avua de Shmuel. His name was Abba, but it was Avua de Shmuel. Why was Shmuel's father called Avua de Shmuel? Two choices. The Chida says, because he was away for a long, long trip of business, and he used Seamus to be transported back home to be with his wife. He was transported back home with his wife, and his wife became pregnant with Shmuel, and his wife had a baby, and he was on a business trip for a chavesnish, how long? And says the chidah, everyone's going, <laughs> whatever. So they called him Avud de Shmuel to let everyone, no, 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 this is Shmuel's father. Shmuel's father is Shmuel's father and not a strange person. Now, you're wondering, you can call him that all you want, but it still don't add up. But that's the story. That's what, that's what the Chida says in... Um, Who was the, the, the son of the sister of Shmuel, or is that right? Well, wait, 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 ben, I don't know what's going on, but you know sisters. <laughs> no sisters. No, Sh- that someone... Oh, Avud Basyanke, Brady Basyanke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was that because that, that person really was Mizak. The, the guy was a father. Well, who was it? Brady Basyanke. Yanke's daughter. No, no, not Shmuel. Not sure. Then we would have problems. <laughs> the Sefer Eshkol, who's a Rishan, says a much more simple pshat that Shmuel. Ibersteig his father. Shmuel was greater than his father in all areas. And therefore, rather, like the Derech HaElam, to be known after your father, since Shmuel's father was so much greater than him, Shmuel's father was known as Shmuel's father. And, that, and that's how he was referred to, because he was so much greater than his father. Okay, I guess we'll stop here for Hazar. Okay. So, we continue... In the sugya, with the shaila of Rav Yonason and Rav Chia, that Rav Yonason was going with his tzitzis out in Vesakvaris, Rav Chia told him, "No, Rav Yonason, pick up your tzitzis. It's not right. You're you're mocking the dead." 
And the Rabbi Yenison told them that they really know what's going on, which started our sugya, do the dead know what's going on? So we already brought a couple rayas, and we have, we've already gotten uh, three concessions. Number one, the dead definitely know what's going on as far as their own body is concerned. Number two, the dead know what's going on if another person died and told them. And number three, the dead can know what's going on by Duma, who's the Malach HaMemune on, on, on dead people, announces the imminent arrival of a new dead person. But as far as like the comings and goings here on earth, we do not yet have a Raya. And we're going to try one last story. One last story. So we are on Yurchas HaMebez, I would say 15 lines from the bottom, Barach. Toshma, Davua Deshmul, a person named Avua Deshmul. So we discussed yesterday why he's called Avua Deshmul, but his real name was Abba. Havakamifkidi Gabei, it was deposited by him, Zuzidiyasmi, orphan's money, which means Shmuel, uh, Avua Deshmul was so trustworthy, he had, he was the address for the orphan's money. And like, you know, like nowadays, like when we talk about a safe investment, we say this investment is for widows and orphans. So it was like, it's the most safest, the most safest place to put money was Avud de Shmuel. So he, uh, he had this money. Kinoch Nafsheh, when he was Nifter, Lehav Shmuel Gabe, his son Shmuel was not with him. And he wasn't able to tell anyone where the money was. And this was a big public hue and cry. It was a big outcry. They started calling Shmuel a nickname. They started making fun of Shmuel and calling him, oh, there goes the son of the, uh, the, the, son of the orphan Ganef, the son of the guy that rips off orphans. He's the son of the person who ate, so to speak, the money of the orphans. So of course he couldn't stand for that. So he went to his father, to the Beis HaKvaris, to go speak to him, to see was Tutsach, and if he, could, uh, if he could amend the situation. So he told the guys in charge of the Beis HaKvaris, I want Abba. That was his name. By the way, the Shulchan Arach Paskins person's not allowed to call his father by his name. That's a, that's a pretty uh, famous halacha. And if your father's name is Abba, you can't call him Abba with a lowercase a because his name is Abba with an uppercase a. Even someone whose father's name is Abba is not allowed to call his father Abba. Kivager asks on that halacha from this Gemara. You see here that he was able to call his father by his first name. I know you think, but he's dead. No, those exist even after a person's father is dead. Oh, really? First of all, I'm, you're, you're somewhere in between Rabbi Feldman and like Ellie Neubiger for like remembering that shtickle time. <laughs> Very impressed. <laughs> Says the Gemara. Says the Gemara. There's, there's many fathers here. 
He said to them, no, 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 I want my father, the son of his father. They said, um, that is not a very good clue. There's plenty of those here also. I'm looking for I want my father, son of his father, who's Avud Shmuel. Now you understand why I called him Abba. That's his name. It's not a description. Hey, where is he? Amrulay Salak Lemasifta He went up to the Yeshiva in Shamaim. So he went to the Masifta Durakia. You know, that's where he was told to find him. Adahachi, in the meanwhile, as he was, you know, passing by the hall of the Yeshiva Shomaila, Chazya Lalevi. He saw the famous Amaira Levi, the Yosef Abroy. He was sitting outside. He was denied entry. He was denied admission into the yeshiva shomayla. Amrulei, amayas sabroi. Why are you sitting outside? <laughs> Why don't you go in? My time will salkis. Why don't you go up? Amrulei, he said to Shmuel, the Amri leave. They told me you're punished. Kol ki shani. All those years, that you didn't go to the yeshiva of Ravafis, and you made him feel bad. Now, for all those years, it was 20 something years, I forgot the exact number, that you didn't go to Ravafis this year, Ravafis felt terrible. That when I started saying shir, Levi didn't come to my shear. You made him feel terrible. So as a punishment for making your office feel terrible that you skipped his shear, you skipped his shear, you're not admitted to the yeshiva shalmaila. You see how harsh it is to hurt somebody. But slow down. If you look up that story, you know what that story was? Whoever was Rashiva, I forgot right now, died. And they needed a new Rashiva. And they asked Rab Afis's Chavrusa to be Rashiva. And he said, I can't be Rashiva, I need to learn with Rab Afis. Or, no, they asked, they asked, yeah, they asked Rab Afis's they asked Rab to be Rashiva. And he said, I can't be Rashiva, I need, my Chavrusa is not going to have anyone to learn with. Levi said, I'll learn with him so that the general public could benefit from you being Rashiva. So Office went to be Rashiva because Levi learned with his Chavrusa. So this isn't the story of Levi, you know, like when, when, when Rab Aaron was Nifter, there were certain Talmidim that weren't Makabur of Shneir's Rashiva. Yeah, I remember, and I don't, trust me, I don't blame them. Rab Aaron was Rab Aaron. Rab Shneir is no Rab Aaron. I'm not going to Shir anymore. You know, when, when Reb Chaim Sarna took over from Chatzkel Sarna, there were certain people that didn't want to go to Reb Chaim Sarna Shir. Rather vocal about it as well. Um, but, but I hear, you know, I saw Reb Chatzkel Sarna as a Slabotka Talmud. Reb Chaim Sarna is not Reb Chatzkel Sarna. I don't want to go to Shir. That was not the situation here. It wasn't as if Reb Levi said, eh, he's from the new guard. I'm not going to Shir. The reason Levi didn't go to Shir is because Rabbi Afis' Havrusa wouldn't let him be Rashiva 
unless he had a worthy replacement, Levi volunteered. He stepped in the breach. He stepped in the breach and he took over the Chavrusashaft to enable Rab Afis to be Rashiva. They were so not, not conscious. And Rab Afis wasn't mad at Levi. Rab Afis knew the story. But to the Ungagang in a teeny, teeny bit in the bottom of his heart. And that's enough to cause punishment. You know, Chaim Shemulevitz has the famous schmooze that, that when you insult somebody, when you insult somebody, it's like fire. It doesn't matter whether you meant it intentionally or unintentionally. You know, we all know that story in the Gemara that this Amir was late and his wife started crying and he died. So Chaim Shemulevitz says like, and now you think his wife's going to be happy? The answer is when you hurt somebody, it doesn't matter if it was intentional or unintentional, and it doesn't even matter if the victim would want you to be punished or not. Rav Chaim Shalavit has this schmooze. He doesn't say it on this Gemara. If you hurt somebody, you hurt somebody. And, and, there's, no, and there's no way to fix it. It's such a scary thing. And this, you know, Rav Chaim Shalavit doesn't bring this Gemara, but it's such a... It's such a scary example of this. Levi did this to enable Rab Afis. I promise you Rab Afis wasn't mad. But Lamaisa, he was like, Lamaisa, Levi's not in Shear. Lamaisa, the best guy in this matter is not in Shear. And like, it, it, it bothered him. And Levi was punished. It's a, it's a crazy Gemara. How do you tie it up? Maybe it's the right Cheshman. Sometimes you have to do it. Maybe it's right cheshem, but you hurt somebody's meat. You hurt somebody's feelings. You hurt somebody's feelings. It, you hurt somebody. Said that. That's what Chaim Shalavit says. No matter what, even if you know, maybe you had to do it. But if you hurt somebody's feelings, you hurt somebody's feelings. Here, I'm telling you, the Gemara says Levi was a hero. He he he. Look at the Gemara. I forgot what Masechta said. I think it's in Ksubis. But but Levi said. Levi said, I'll, I'll take one for the team. And he's getting punished. Anyway, so he said, okay, fine. When he was talking to Levi why he wasn't allowed in the yeshiva, his father came out. He saw his father he was crying and smiling, crying and laughing. Why are you crying? You're, you're going to, uh, you're coming here very soon. That Shmuel's father told him, you soon are going to die. So then what's so funny? My time achikas. So why are you laughing? Shmuel told him because, uh, Shmuel's father told him because you have a really, really good reputation here. You are extremely well regarded up here. I'm like, okay, if I have clout, use it right now. Get Levi in Yeshiva. I'm like, if I'm Choshiv, admit Levi immediately. They admitted Levi. Took care of that. So, okay, now that. Where's the money? I'm like, Zuzi Everyone asks their father the first minute they see him. I'm like, Zuzi Diyasmihecha. Where's the money of the assignment? I'm like, oh, you're right, you're right. Zilgo, Shaklinu, take it. Ba'am Sidrechaya, 
under the base of the millstone, because uh, a millstone, the bottom rock of a millstone, is very heavy. So it's not going nowhere. So he buried the money under the bottom rock of a millstone, the Amsidre Chaya, and Shmuel's Falton. By the way, you're going to find three bundles of money there. Eloi Vitatoi, the top bundle and the bottom bundle, Didan, is ours. Umitsioi, the middle bundle, is the orphan's money. Diasmi, belongs to the orphans. Amalei, my time out, Desachi, why did you bury it in such a fashion? Amalei, I'll tell you why. It's the safest place. Iganuvi, Ganvi, if someone steals it, which means a Ganav saw that there was money there, so he sticks his hand there. And he gets one pile of money. Which pile is he going to hop? The top pile. Migan vomididan. He's going to steal ours. Sometimes when something is left in the ground, it literally disintegrates. If the earth is going to take any money. Now remember, in those days, money was valued by its weight. So if there's any um, breakdown of the metal into the ground... It's not the pshalik, it's going to disappear totally. I don't think it would disappear totally, but it could get holy. It could get holes and it could get lighter. So if the ground causes any like loss of weight in the, in the money, it'll be ours. If the ground eats it, it's ours. End of great story. You see, they know in heaven. Now, what do they know? Here we have a Machlekes Rashi Taisus. Rashi says what they know is who's Chashiv. You saw, he knows who's Chashiv. So that's how Rashi learns that the people, that dead people know. Shmuel uh, Taisus said, no, he knew that he was going to die. He knew that he was going to die. So says the Gemara, they know. Now the Marsha points out, you know why Taisus argued on Rashi? Because, and this is like the biggest plea ever. Says the Marsha, you know why Taisus argues on Rashi? It said you're Hashiv in this world. <laughs> what does that have to do with knowing what's going on on earth? It's Shmuel's father you have a great reputation up here. So says, says the Marsha, that's why Taisus couldn't learn like Rashi. He didn't say you have a great reputation down there. He said, you have a great reputation up here. Where do you see from that that dead people know what's going on? What's the basis of the good reputation of what's going on down so, so then, But then, in other words, the, the, in other words, but then it shouldn't say the Hashim is Baha'i Al-Matuva. It's Mashri, Yechashim, only in Elam Haba. So I, I'm, I know, so I, that's Marshall's Kashim period. I'm trying to formulate a terrace along those lines that that Hashivas in, in Yenevelt is based on Hashivas here and therefore it requires a Yediyah, something along those lines. But I'm not, I haven't worked out a Mahalachim. It's like, it's like a Geshmak of Marsha's Kasha to, work, to build the Yusayim one day to say in the speech. Um, it's, like, it's, a, it's a good, it's a, you know, yeah, something along those lines. But that's why the Marsha says he doesn't like, that's why Tysus doesn't like Rashi. Yeah, but it doesn't say that. Yeah, I know, but it doesn't say that. That you know, like I'm ha- no. So, so you're saying something along those lines that 
that Choshev in Yenevelt is because it's Choshev ben Achayim. So you're, you're giving more you know, steam to the fire, whatever you call that shprach. You're giving more you know, fuel to the fire. Says, says the Gemara, same idea. <laughs> same idea. Shani Shmuel, it's different. Came with the Choshev, since he's so Choshev, they got up early and announced clear space Shmuel's coming which is not the same tarot as before Duma announced Pashit for, for space purposes someone's coming and that's only Mamish Bishas Misa here, this is inside information Shmuel didn't even know he was sick Shmuel didn't even know he was going to die so this is inside information based on the future, but says the Gemara, it could be that this information was accessible because Shmuel was so chashim. Now, this answer could fit in both Rashi and Tysus. Obviously, either otherwise they wouldn't say it. This answer would make sense in both Rashi and Tysus. How, how do you see in Rashi that the reputation? How does that because that caused it to be announced. And in Tysus, because he's going to die. It was announced. But in other words, the answer is not giveaway to either Rashi or Taisus. By the way, just because he's considered a Chashev, he's considered a when he goes up there, when he goes up to Shemayim, saying that that doesn't mean that he's considered a in this world. Well, well, Rashi said that. You're asking where did Rashi get that from? Yeah. There are plenty of, I'm sure there are plenty of people who, I mean... Yeah, people. yeah, yeah. At this point, the Gemara gives up and says, you know, you know, Rabbi Yonison, who was the Balshita, the Balmemra, that said that dead people don't know what's going on and tried telling her, eh, don't worry about my tzitzis. We find a member from Rabbi Yonison himself that acknowledges dead people do know what's going on. Va'af Rabbi Yonison The truth is, even Rabbi Yonison, who is the author of that shita, gave up on his shita. The Amr Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachmeni, Omar Rabbi Yonison, Minayin Lemesim Shemesaprim Zemzet. How do you know that dead people converse amongst each other? And consequently, that they know. Which means he happened to have been saying in Raya that dead people converse with one another. But from the story he's about to say, it will also entail saying that dead people are aware of what's going on on earth. Shenemar. We find in the Torah, in the end, end, end of the Torah, Hashem said to Moshe, Zeis Haaretz, this is the land. Lamar saying. Now, my Lamar. What's Lamar? Now, I don't know about you. We were taught when we were in elementary school. saying. So, I never had what saying meant. What it means is, and I quote. And was, so my wife says, you can't translate it like that because it doesn't mean, and I quote. But was, no one ever taught me what, they, they just translated, saying, well, what does saying mean? Saying is, when the Pusik tells over, someone quoting someone else, Lamar's and I quote, 
if you if you were translated that way, it, it would like mean something to me. But what does saying mean? Did, 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 like, did any of you like ever wonder like your kid translated by Amr Shah Majam said Al Majadu Majalemar saying? I mean it's introductory phrase. Right. No, Hashem said to to please quote me and say that I said as follows. Right? Now that's what Lamar means. So you only use the word Lamar in a Pusik when I tell someone else to say something in my name. That's the appropriate use of the word Lamar. Let's go tell so and so that I told him I have 50 bucks for him. So no, it's like he may not trust you, but if you say, say if you say it in shame of this guy, Lamar means please go and tell so and so in my name that I said. But if you're talking directly to somebody, there's absolutely no mockum for having the word Lamar in that sentence. I'm here telling you right now. Uh, Yaakov friend said, say as follows. Are you out of your mind? You schizophrenic? Like, well, you're right here. You're talking to the guy. Says the Gemara. So what's Shah in this Pasuk? But Yom Hashem Elof. Hashem said to Moshe saying, Zaysar Tzashin is about to love from Yaakov Lamar. And this is what I said? No, no. You, you're Hashem. You're telling Moshe what you told the, the Avis. There's no Lamar here. I'm not asking Moshe to say anything to the Avis. What's the word Lamar in that Pasuk? Says Gemara, uh-uh. It means please go tell the Avis. My Lamar. Yes, this is a quote. Hashem is asking Moshe to please tell someone that I said. Who? The Avis. Omar Kadosh Baruch Moshe. Hashem said to Moshe, when you die, go immediately. When you die, the first thing you got to do is you got to find Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov and you have to tell them Hashem kept his word. The Shavuah that I swore to you, we have in this week's parish, we have in last week's parish, we have the parish before, that Hashem swore to the Avis that I'm going to give you Eretz Yisrael. I kept my word. I kept my word to your kids. Now, before we go weiter, what do you mean? Moshe Rabbeinu is standing in Jordan right now. So, so the answer is, first of all, Masha asks this. First of all, he already gave them Sicha and Anayig land. So I did give land that I promised. Second of all, that was after Hashem showed Moshe the whole Eretz Yisrael magically, which is a Kenyan on the arts like we had last week with Avram Avinu. And we'll have soon with Yaakov Avinu. That when Hashem showed you the land, that itself is a Kenyan. Now, it's so not really a raya that people that they know anything fully. I mean, we're not up to that raya yet. So far, this was something Rabbianison said, out of context, unrelated. That you see that dead people talk to each other because what did Hashem want? Hashem told Moshe, "The minute you die, you have to do this. You have to tell us that." So we see from there that dead people could talk to each other. But let's think about it one step deeper. Says the Gemara. If you think dead people are unaware, then Yaakov, Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov don't care. And when you tell them they're no happier, they're unaware of what's going on on earth. As far as they knew, the minute they died, Hashem kept his word. They're not aware of what's going on. This is like mind-boggling. If you think dead people aren't aware of anything, Look at the top Rashi. Ain't may vinim klum. They don't understand nothing. 
except their own personal pain. What good is it by telling Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov? So you see, Rabbi Yonason himself hops that dead people are aware. Says the Gemara, I'm a checkmate. If they're so aware, then why did Moshe Rabbeinu need to tell them? They're quite aware of what's going on. Elamai diyadi, they do know what's going on. Then Why do you have to tell them? If they're so aware, which is what you're proving, then what, what do you need to inform them? They're obviously aware. So there's like a checkmate, there's a catch-22. You're proving to me that they're aware because otherwise, why would they be interested? Okay, fine, they're aware. So if they're aware, why do you need to tell them? No, they're only aware of what this conduit Someone who is alive and then becomes a mace can transfer that information. No, because because if if they if they wouldn't be aware, they wouldn't benefit from knowing that plus or minus anything. If go if what's going on on Earth, they weren't aware that we didn't ever get the promise, and they're not going to be happy but, that we did get it. But you could just say they just. They, I mean, they just don't know how to. I, like if you're if you're a mace, you, you don't know what's going on down here unless somebody who was alive and then became a mace. No, 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 no. Being aware, in that case, we said, even if you're old, they're not aware, that could answer. Being aware means even without that. So says the Gemara, you're right. To give some goodwill to Moshe, which means, which means, let's say there's a great piece of news out there. For instance, for instance, Let's say they're going to give enough a, a stimulus check. Yeah. You'll find out. You'll find out. But like the guy that gets the hana of telling you, you heard? There's another stimulus check. I'm not telling you news that you wouldn't hear on your own. I'm not telling you, because everyone looking like, we don't get those checks, only you do. Um, but but uh, like, you know, it's like the geshemak of telling someone good news is, is a geshmak in and of itself. Says the Gemara, you know, you know what, I'm right. The dead people do know what's going on, and that's why Moshe Rabbeinu would want to tell them. They don't need to be told information-wise, it's just a nice thing to do to allow Moshe to tell them. And that is how the sugya ends. That Rabbi Yonison, who was the opinion that dead people don't know what's going on, really was chayzer, and really holds that dead people do know what's going on. I, he must have learned it subsequently, but... But that is the end of the sugya. We'll stop here for tonight.